It's Wednesday. <laughs> Another day in the jungle. And I'm Tom Young, and I'm here for AnchorFM.com podcast called Money Shifts. Uh, we're here to light up the airways today. I got several things to talk about, hopefully a little inspiration for you. But, you know, we have been talking about how to save money. You know, it's, it's funny when I meet people here in my office or on Zoom meetings online, uh, it just usually the, the first interview or first meeting is get to know you, you get to know me. Are we a fit? Do the philosophies that I preach and teach fit what you're looking for? And that's probably the hardest thing to do is to, to bond, to create some kind of of a relationship bond between you and me uh, and, and start this journey together to try to take you where you want to go and create the wealth, the security, uh, the sleep insurance, as I refer to it, that you're looking for. We start every program every day with prayers for everybody in the world. This pandemic has gone around the world, has touched every life, uh, every life in the world, including those in the far reaches of the Amazon and I'm sure the Sahara Desert and, and uh, Mongolia, etc. You know, everybody has been touched by this Wuhan virus uh, that was launched out of China. Uh, we pray for everybody. We pray for those who have lost loved ones and for the loved ones who have been lost, we pray the Lord would open his arms and gather them into his heaven above. We also pray for those in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, you know, what is going on there? I don't know the answer. I don't know anything. All I know is we need to pray for those people and the suffering that's going on there and pray for the leadership there to be awakened in some way and figure out this is not a solution to anything uh, to go to war and do what they're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, I sit here and, and I think about talking to people. And, and, you know, I've gotten on this subject of, of life insurance. Uh, I talked about it on the radio show yesterday. Uh, you can get that on uh, the Family Money Farm group. Uh, it was live streamed yesterday. And, and I just, you know, just a little bit of front end information. You know, the term life insurance, <laughs> it really sets off bells and whistles in people's heads. Good, bad, otherwise. And, and people really need to know the truth of what's going on because the truth, as I know it, and as many like myself that I know across the country know it, uh, this information has been blocked, it's been shielded, it's been hidden in and among advertising. Uh, and, and so the 850 or so life insurance companies that sell some kind of life insurance in America, 99% of them are corporations in business to make a profit for the stockholders of that corporation. So they want you to believe that there isn't anything more than understanding a competitive cost per thousand dollars of death benefit. If you're buying term insurance, that's fine. But the amazing thing is, is people are not made aware of 
the other advantages of permanent dividend paying life insurance policies with a mutual insurance company. These companies have all been around more than 100 years. There are no new ones because of the amount of capital that it takes to start a company. And a mutual insurance company does not have stockholders, so it can't raise money, it can't leverage, it can't borrow, it can't sell stock because the company itself is owned by the policyholders. Therein lies part of the secret. Now, if we look at banks, and corporations. You know, the, these are the people that we would assume are in the know of what's going on. And if you go on the internet using a search engine and you search BOLI, bank owned life insurance, BOLI, or COLI, corporate owned life insurance, you will find and be amazed at the amount of money in the tune of billions and billions and billions of dollars that the banks and corporations store inside these specific kinds of life insurance policies that I try to teach people about. If it's good for the banks and the corporations and the Federal Reserve messages its member banks that this is a very acceptable way to protect your tier one money, which is the core reserves of the bank that must be completely protected. Because the Federal Reserve, quote unquote, this is the area, this is the place of the least risk of default. Are, are you checking out the stock market lately and, and what's going on around the world? You know, gas prices are on the rise again locally here. They're 469 and nine. I've never in my lifetime seen gas prices at $4.70 a gallon. This is absolutely ridiculous. And, and, and we have, excuse my vernacular, but asinine politicians that don't know their butt from a hole in the ground. And, and I tell them to bend over and grab your ears and pull your head out because you, you are worthless. We sent you to Washington to, to, to be <laughs> uh, fiduciaries of our money and to manage the country and the cash flows and you continue, you just spend money frivolously without any thought of how you're ever gonna pay for something long-term. I, I have some new numbers for you. As of yesterday, the national debt was 30 trillion 30.453 trillion dollars. That's $91,468 per citizen, $242,985 per taxpayer. The revenue of the U.S. government for the last 12 months was 4.211 trillion. They spent 6.290 trillion. So let me think about this for a minute, folks. Let me give you some real perspective here. You made $42,110 last year, 42,110. And you spent 62,900. Now uh, that obviously means you borrowed some money last year. If your bills are more than you make, do you think the bank would loan you money? And how many years in a row could you do that? Make 42,000 of your income and spend $62,000 a year. 
because of this system that we have, and I'm saying not saying it's bad, it's just somehow you and I as citizens have to get control of this. Now, how do we get control of this? I'm talking about you and I personally, if we're unwilling to get control of our own financial situation, how can we look at the government and expect them to get control of theirs? See the point? So now, if the government stopped spending deficit today and everything had to be brought into balance and we would start spending and paying off the debt, well, per citizen, per citizen, we owe $599,816. If that were in a 30-year fixed rate mortgage at 5% interest, the monthly payment would be $3,220, approximately $38,640 a year. Could you afford that? Now, if there are two of you in your household, remember it's two times that that's per citizen. If you're a man and a woman, husband and wife, and you have two children, it's four times that. If I take that number and I go to per taxpayer, per taxpayer, now we want to add in the U.S. unfunded liability, which is $169.255 trillion. What is that? That's Social Security, Medicare Part A, B, and D, and pension money for government employees and full-time military. That's 169.255 trillion. Per citizen, that's $508,000. So that's where the 599 comes in. 599,816, 30-year mortgage, 5%. 3,220 a month. However, 47% of America does not pay any taxes at all to the federal government. So let's look at it per taxpayer. So per taxpayer, the national debt is 242,985 and the unfunded liability is 1 trillion, I'm sorry, 1 million. 363,266 for a total of a million six hundred and six thousand two hundred and fifty two dollars and that my friend is eight thousand six hundred and twenty three dollars a month for the 30-year fixed rate mortgage at five percent eight thousand six hundred and twenty three dollars per taxpayer I, I think we're sitting at a, an impossible possibility of getting control of this under the current environment that we now live in with politics. So what has to happen? We, we have to elect new politicians that understand this and are willing to step up and do the hard thing and not go to Washington expecting to be a lifetime politician. That's the problem. Let's talk about a quote today. This is a quote from Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, 26th president. Keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. There's meaning in that. Keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. And how does that pertain to what I'm talking about today? We, we have to have hope. 
We have to have faith that this debacle that we are in right now can be solved. Because my friends, those of you that are watching from around the world, where America grows, so go you. So if, if America goes down, where are you going to go? We have millions of people crossing the border right now illegally coming into this country. Why are they coming here? Why don't they go to Russia or, or Iran or go to one of these other countries? Why are they coming here? Well, right now, folks, we are in jeopardy of losing here. We need to pump up our hope. We have to understand that the gales and the winds require setting the sail. So one ship sails east and the other one sails west. Impelled by the, sail, the self same blow, it's the set of the sails, not the gales. that picks them where to go. So, so you, you have to understand that, you know, there is possibilities in what we're doing in, in fixing it. You, you are a special person today. You know, I pray to my ancestors. My ancestors will help me. I call upon my ancestors from the beginning of time I am the whole reason that they even existed. I am a child of God. You know, we need to look at, at things and, and what we're looking at and get out of the doldrums. You know, I talk about all this negative stuff. We have to reach out and have faith and belief that there is solutions. And we have to stop just sitting back and doing nothing. Even if it's just getting out to vote, to, to saying our peace. Success is the result of planning. It happens where preparation and opportunity meet. Success is learning from failure, and failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. You know, I, I love my little cards and I carry them around all the time. Verily, there is nothing right or wrong which belief plus a burning desire cannot make real. These qualities are free to everyone. There are no limitations to the mind except those we acknowledge. Remember, it is the goal that shapes the plan. It is the plan that sets the action. It is the action that achieves the result, and it is the result that brings the success. That's by Shad Helmstetter, one of my past coaches in my life. I want to close today. I'm going a little bit long, but I want to close with this today. You know, talking about how to save money, how to find the money that I should be saving. All of my money leaks out of my hands and I lose it all. So it, it's like when we look at the world today, it's like there's a big plan that has been going on for lots of years, for decades. Now, I remember Paul Harvey. I don't know if you do. Paul Harvey. Now this is in 1965. Paul Harvey was a radio announcer, very famous guy, and, and really had lots of insight. And, and it always, when he would say something, he said, and the rest of the story is. 
Well, Paul Harvey broadcasted, If I Were the Devil. I am posting the transcript of this on Fresh Manna today. It is really amazing to realize over 47 years ago, how accurately he prophesied the future spiritual condition of the United States. Many of these statements were considered ridiculously outlandish at that time in history, yet we find ourselves today. So let me close today, let me share this little essay. Paul Harvey, if I were the devil transcript. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate, four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, V. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide, confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors how to make lurid literature exciting so that everyone, every, yeah, so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to the ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families that war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promise of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions. Just let those run wild until before you, and until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse and then from the schoolhouse. And then from the houses of Congress and in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbols of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those and who have and give to those wanted until I had killed the incentive for ambitious, incentive of the ambitious. And what do you bet? I could get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old fashioned, that swinging is more fun 
that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I would undress you in public. I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing <laughs> on what he's doing. Paul Harvey, good day. This was written and broadcast in 1965, folks. Do you think there is a, a movement or an effort to subvert America? I believe there is. And we, you and I, have to stand up and make a difference in everything we do every day. Saving money, preparing to provide for ourselves, is a must. It's biblical. And I hope my polish clears your glasses today and provides you with some hope, some glimmer of future well-being, future purpose, what your real potential in life is. Stop accepting the norm. Learn how to think don't just listen and do what they tell you to think. Get my new book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. Get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can also get it if you go to cfo-project.com. cfo-project.com. Put in your name and email address, and you will get an email instantly with a link to download that book, cover to cover, under your phone, your computer, whatever. When you do that, I will send you my newest book, the ebook called Financial Mastery Coaching, The Blueprint. It is the beginning of understanding how to build frameworks. Financial frameworks involving debt, saving money, saving for retirement, managing your household. It all comes down to frameworks. God bless you. Friday, I will not be here. I will see you Monday next week. I will be out of the office Friday all day. God bless. Have a great day. Recording stopped.